Well, welcome back here on Pentecost Sunday, and uh, a welcome again to everyone who's watching us here online today on this big celebration uh, as things start to take on a little bit more of a, can we say, normal feel, um, normal-ish. Um, I thought it was a good day to try out some new stuff, you know, kind of a big, uh, a big change day. So, uh, but, uh, you know, looking back, um, it's been over a year we've been doing some version of COVID precaution stuff. Uh, you know, and the funny thing was, before we had to do all this, uh, live streaming and everything, I like to think of myself as reasonably good at technology. I like to think of myself as somebody who learned new apps when they came my way. Um, I always knew I wasn't an expert, but I thought I was good enough. I could learn what I needed to. And then this COVID thing hit, and now suddenly, you know, overnight, I got to become an AV guy. And I, I had dabbled in it, but I was, not a, I was not an expert. And I learned very, very quickly how much not an expert I was. And so this became one of the bigger stressors for me of this whole last year. And I'm always so grateful for everyone who stayed tuning in because, you know, we had weeks when the sound would disappear or you'd get every dirt word like, you know, I mean, it was just, and I was racking my brain to figure out what was causing it. I've had to learn all sorts of things like, for example, I know we're in a hot spot to pick up in national public radio. Um, we got lots of radio interference, all these kind of things. So I learned it. It's probably been one of the more stressful things for a lot of pastors uh, who don't have the big professional tech staff, you know, to just say, oh, well, guys, you know, the 10 of you full-time professionals will now have to change how you do live streaming. The rest of us had to kind of figure this out, right? And so one of the things is I had to just spend a lot of time learning, and it reminded me how to learn. I learned again how to learn, if that makes sense. Uh, how to grow from being forced to pick some th up some new skill when you're under pressure. And it, you know, it isn't like I haven't learned stuff for a while, but most of the stuff I had to learn was kind of in my wheelhouse. You know, It wasn't like suddenly overnight I had to learn how to put my car back together. Um, you know, like when you're something in your house breaks and you don't have uh, your dad in town to help you fix it, and now suddenly I gotta figure out how to get that sink adjusted again. It was that kind of thing, but every day. And so, uh, but it was what it had to be, right? So I had to learn this stuff. So what do you do? Well, I, I sat down at my computer and I pulled out cameras and, and every stuff and I said, I, I'm gonna figure this out. And right away was this incredible feeling of being overwhelmed, of just feeling like it was just too much. You know that feeling, right? It's like when you look around your house and you haven't been keeping up with the cleaning, or you know, you just had uh, a giant kid's birthday party, and now every toy's been taken out, and every dish is dirty, and every chair's in the wrong spot, and you're sitting there looking at this going, and you know, it's not like you can't clean all that, but it's just overwhelming, right? You don't know where to begin. And that's what it was like. It was kind of this uh, uh, learning paralysis, you know? And I realized where that paralysis comes from uh, is that, you know, you're looking at this project, you're looking at this thing coming up, and you're seeing far into the future what it could be, instead of looking at each step, right? And so you see all of it, and it's overwhelming. Like, you get a new program, a live streaming program, right? And you open it up, and there's just buttons and knobs and icons all over the place. And, and then you go, and 
you, you say, okay, well, I'm going to learn what these buttons and knobs were because I don't recognize the icon. I don't even recognize the word they attach to the icon. Um, so I go on YouTube, right? YouTube is not all just cat videos and angry rants. Um, you can actually learn pretty much anything you want. So I go on YouTube, and there's these very helpful, very friendly techies uh, who are giving tutorials. And, um, you know, and they're all super competent, and they always gush over all the new features. Oh, look, you can do one playlist, but with this version, you can do three playlists and sub-playlists and three subcategories of sub-playlists. And did you know that you can do a smart playlist subcategoried into a playlist, and pretty soon you're going, ah, right? And what I would have to do is stop, just stop everything and walk away for a little bit. And I go, okay, what did I get? All right, I'll go back to the program, I'll tinker with it again, figure out what a smart sub playlist playlist is, and then go back, try it again. And so, and, and, and so then I would do this and go back and forth, and back and forth, sort of a look at it, get overwhelmed, Remember the deadline, Sunday's coming, right? You know, get motivated, watch that video, test it, get exhausted, and then start it all over, over and over. And it's a kind of a rhythm of learning that you have to get used to when it's things that are really new and overwhelming. Uh, and it's a rhythm that kind of, you know, it's a sort of a push yourself, let go. Push yourself, let go. You have necessity pushing you, you know, you got to get that service ready. You got to meet your deadline. And then you got to let go. You got to sit in silence and let yourself recuperate a little bit. You know, it's one of those pieces of wisdom I've gained from COVID uh, where I would say that the truth is you can probably do most anything and learn anything if you push yourself and back off and you stick with that long enough. I mean, yeah, we all have limits, but I think we can do a lot more than we think we can. But what happens again is we get overwhelmed. You look at the project, you look at that program with all those dots and buttons, and you're thinking ahead to mastering that or completing it all the way down the road. And so you're assessing, how much energy do I have now? How big is the project? And, and I don't realize, I wasn't doing it consciously, it was an unconscious thing. So I'm comparing how much energy I have at two o'clock on a Friday to three weeks worth of learning. And I had to say, you know what? It, I, I got to kind of pare that down, adjust that, right? Chop it up into little segments so that, it, that what I do matches my energy. I can't always think ahead. And I can't I have to try to not let myself get psyched out by it, so psyched out by it that I throw in the towel, and, um, and then realize that it's in that time when I'm not doing anything uh, that often when I will learn the most, grow the most, understand the most, gain the most in the time in between when I push myself. A little bit like weightlifting, right? You, 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 do, you, you do your most of your actual growth and strength after you've done the set. You can't do just sets. You'll ruin your muscles, right? And it's, so, it's in that silence, in that pause, in, in the after and the in between, that's when you get your most creative ideas and your best inspirations and your best problem solving. But it's hard to think and dream and imagine sometimes and be creative when you're just going and going all the time. You have to stop to get more done sometimes. 
You have to stop to get more done. It's another one of those sayings that sounds like it should come from the great guru on the mountain. You know, you're trying and trying to get to the top, and then you, 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 you get to that little cabin with the wise guru of the mountain who knows all the, the way, ancient ways of the mountain, and you stop and you go, oh, oh, wise master, I have been hiking for days. How do I get to the top of the mountain? I'm so tired. And the guru sits back on his moose skin rug, and he says, young seeker, you must stop climbing and the mountain will come to you. And you go, huh? And you're looking at it going, actually the plates just shifted. I think it added three inches while I was waiting. Well, I mean the mountain doesn't quite come to you, but how to get up the mountain could come to you. You just can't imagine a way because you're so overwhelmed. You're exhausted, you're tired. All you see is the path under your feet and the thing that's right in front. And, and you only see that one path you've been working on and you're slogging and slogging and pushing it. You can't imagine a different route. Maybe I need a different route. Maybe I need to go back and get different supplies. Maybe I need more help. Maybe, maybe if I went and I asked for directions, the guy would say, oh yeah, just take the turn left. It'll cut two days off your trek. You know, you just can't think of those things and problem solve when you're just go, go, go. You get trapped by your lack of imagination. You get trapped by your lack of imagination. And you need to stop and quit trying. And imagine yourself getting there and let the inspiration come to you. There's been a lot of studies that they've done on productivity, uh, on what makes us accomplish more when we're working. And one of the things that we've, we're discovering more and more is that a lot of the most productive people aren't always the hardest working. Uh, that the people who create the most and invent the most and solve the best problems, uh, maybe even come up with the best plans or strategies, are not always the ones who log the longest hours. Uh, sometimes they look horribly unproductive, right? They're out biking, they're playing ping pong, they're doing yoga, and, you know, and then they come back to the office and they whip something out of their pocket and go, hey, I got this idea. What if I put a computer into a phone? Right? And they go, ha ha, that won't work. And now, you know, 50 gazillion trillion dollars later, right? They get more done but not by not just working straight through, but by pushing themselves and then letting go and letting the inspiration come. It's why you see some of these tech companies with meditation gardens and game rooms, you know. Your mind can't see possibilities when long hours are squashing your imagination. One of the things the Bible promises to the followers of God, in times when they are feeling trapped or stuck or despairing or beaten down, is that God's Spirit will come and give them new visions and new dreams. And it happens throughout the whole Bible. Think of somebody like Elijah, you know, who spent his days running and running and running because there was a hit out on him. And he hides in a cave and goes, ah, oh, God, take my life, there's nothing left. And God says, nah, I'm not done with you. Here, have some food. There is no food. I'll send crows to give you food. But you need to sit for a little while and realize that I've got new possibilities for you. But we run out of the ability to see new possibilities and then the Spirit enters in and shows them to us. When we've hit that end of the rope, when we've hit the time when, when, when we're ready to throw it in, 
the Holy Spirit often speaks in those moments more powerfully than any other. When we are trapped by our lack of imagination, the Holy Spirit comes in and frees it up. After Jesus died, I imagine for the disciples that it was probably a very, very stressful time. They'd been going and going around the country for three years. They'd been moving and moving and walking and dealing with crowds and lepers and dodging authorities. And, and then it all culminates with Jesus getting killed. And now they're sitting here. And now he's, suddenly he's back again. I mean, there was a lot to process, I'm sure. And so then Jesus is ready to leave. And he says, you know what? I'm going, but I'm going to send a helper. I'm going to send a helper to you. So just go back to Jerusalem and sit there and wait. And he doesn't say how long. He doesn't say what the helper is going to look like, how you'll know if the helper arrives. It's just, go sit there and wait. And that's what they did. They, they just took a pause, a big pause. A pause without even knowing when the pause would end. And they just sat there in that upper room, the, what, 11 remaining disciples, uh, Mary Magdalene, Jesus' mom. I imagine they probably had kind of a whole kit and caboodle up there. Families, you know, and they're all sitting there kind of waiting. I don't know what they did all day. Did they play cards or gossip or, you know, I don't know. But they just sat there, it said. Because I think Jesus was trying to get them to calm down, to free their minds up a little bit, to open themselves up, to be ready for the Spirit coming in. I don't think it was an accident that it took a while for them to have this great experience. I think it was very much a part of God's plan. They needed to stop pushing so that they could be open. They needed the Spirit to open their imaginations. You know, Jesus had given them a job. Go out and spread the good news to all countries everywhere. No big deal. And he didn't give them a mission plan or a three-point thing. He just said, just go and sit and wait. The Spirit will show you how to do it. And that's what they did for 10 days. 10 days. They just waited. And they sat there. And... Um, and then, of course, we know how the story goes, right? Then they're all sitting there in the room, and all these people were in Jerusalem. They were pilgrims. They were in for the festival. And even though they were Jewish, most of them did not speak the Aramaic language that the disciples did. They spoke things like all those other languages you got to read, Pamphylian. Well, they would have spoken Greek there. But, you know, they're speaking all sorts of things. They're coming in. How can the disciples spread those good news? That's when the, it says the tongues as of fire came, right? And uh, what did they do? They didn't have that ability, but the Spirit gave it to them after that time of waiting. The Spirit gave them the power to do what was not in their power. And this is Pentecost. This is what we celebrate today, right? And I like to celebrate the event. I like to celebrate the miracle that happened, you know, and how cool it must have been to have a tongue as of fire on your head, to be speaking these, language, these weird languages. And I want to remember that and I think we've done as good of a job this year as any. But I also want to remember those long hours just sitting and hanging out with the other disciples, you know, telling stories, spending time in prayer, just letting themselves be without a goal or an agenda. To just be. It's a horrible sneaker slogan, but it's great for your faith. Can you imagine a sneaker slogan? Nike, just be it. So you just sit there. Your coach is like, Johnson, on the court now, Johnson. Coach, I am being the game. 
You can be in the locker room and be off the team if you don't be your little out there on that thing. Let me throw a chair at you. Oh, wait, no. That's been a few years since we've had chairs on, throwing chairs at people. Bad sneaker slogan, good faith slogan. In a world where we sometimes can program our lives down to the minute, you know, of the day. I, I, re, I remember nights. I, I remember nights uh, this is, a few years ago when the, the evening schedule would be so full of activities be, that we would have to coordinate the pickup drop-off within minutes. And if one activity went late, then somebody could get stuck thinking their parents forgot them. And, I mean, it, it was down, we sometimes would be down to 10 minutes interchange between getting one and getting the other, going back and forth. There was a year I went up and down La Cunada Road from Prince to Lambert so many times, I think I dug a hole in it. That's why they had to redo it. It was my fault. <laughs> and, and, and you get your day programmed to within it, these minutes and this, this very narrow time. When do you have time to sit and be? When do you have time to imagine? When do you have time to create and be inspired when life is so incredibly packed full? There's a point at which you just got to stop. And I, I hope that, for, for me anyways, COVID's had a little bit of that silver lining. And I hope it's then for you too. It's forced you to stop a little bit and maybe look around and say, okay, God, what, what, what should I do? Open my imagination here. See, because what we should do is we should push ourselves and set new goals and try new things. The disciples did. Jesus commanded that. But when they couldn't do it anymore, that's when the Holy Spirit did. So you push yourself and you let go. You push yourself and you let God. You push yourself and you let the Holy Spirit open your imagination with dreams and visions. Amen.